I'll tell you one thing that really annoys me about some church services. It's when they ask visitors to stand up. I'm shocked that you feel that way. I have to disagree with you. I absolutely let him finish. Detest it. I do too. And I feel I like disagree. I, I feel like saying to the preacher and the elders, "Do you guys not understand that if you desire people to come back, you know, like I mean, if you did not to come back because they've already done it, they won't ask them to do it again. But if you desire people to invite other people to church." Don't do this. Now, let's fight, Oscar, because it I, looks like we disagree. I'm going I'm to disagree talk. with you. Well, I think there's a time and a place, and I would say throughout history, to honor the word of God when it is being read. No, no, you, you must stand. have misunderstood. I'm saying when guests come to the church, if anyone here is, was here with us for the first time this morning, please oh, stand no, up. Oh, no, 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 oh, no, no. Okay, oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, wait, wait, what? what do you think he was talking I about? thought you just, whenever they ask you to stand in no. general. No. So like, how do you not stand for the reading of God's during, word? Our church stands during the whole worship service. Okay. During the singing. Because, yeah, I mean, like, to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like you guys yeah, stand so for we, the reading yeah, of God's word. It's like word, the right? youth leader or someone gets up and says, look, why don't you just turn to the person next to you, kiss them on the lips and say, oh, Jesus loves you. I got you. To make sure... The visitor never comes back here again. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Going to the chapel and I'm gonna get married. Did you just make that up? Going to the chapel. Oh, let's start again, please. <laughs> the chapel of love. Uh, guys. That should be the total of this podcast. Who that wrote just that just stops song? right there. Are you sick? Yeah, COVID. <laughs> yeah, I thought you sounded soccer. fine before, but something's gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote that song? Do you guys know? I don't know. Elvis Vesley? <laughs> he he did sing it. I think he sang it. Oh, that's funny, Mark. Did you say, what did you say? Elvis Vesley? Vesley, yeah. Remember, Ray? Elvis Vesley? Dixie Cups. That's right. That's how that's I started introducing myself. Because according to my computer, the Dixie Cups were. Also, people, my initials that's are right. easy. And they go, oh, what's it stand for? Elvis Zresley. <laughs> and my favorite is when there would be people who'd go, oh, nice. <laughs> like I was. Oh, there. nice. Oh, lovely. Ray, I made me, Ray made me do that for years. He loved it so much. I traveled with Ray for years, and peop- Ray would introduce me. They couldn't recognize the accent, had no idea what he was saying. So my name would be Mike for the weekend, <laughs> or Tom, That's right. or Kurt. It's really hard. I can't, I can't like, park the car in the dark, Mark. It's as best as I can do. Oh. And so are you getting. I just had a different identity every weekend. Look, I'm married to Ray's daughter, and there's times I still do not understand what she's <laughs> saying. Seriously, I'll be like, I'll say, oh, what do you mean that? She'll go, no, I said this, or whatever. When you she make her just, cry, does yeah. she sound different? Uh, that, yeah, she cries <laughs> in a New Zealand accent. It's when you, she says that joke, is, that, joke is not, that joke is not funny is what you never understand <laughs> from her. It's like my New Zealand accent cry. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Last day should be mocked. Welcome, New Zealand is like the least listened country for our podcast. Do we have an episode today? I think so. We just thought up of another title. Yes, annoying. Uh, well, that, and hence why I started with that lovely song, Going to the Chapel. Not again. Chapel. <laughs> we remember. <laughs> the Chapel of this Love. This is called Annoying Things About Podcasts. Yeah, that's probably what it should be. But we're talking about annoying things about church. That's why I sing about a chapel, you guys. Come on, give me some credit. I know I have COVID brain, but it was quite brilliant. 
Before we begin, which we've already begun, but I'd just like to say we did a program on open-air preaching, and I forgot to mention Scotty. And Scotty's been my preaching partner for an open-air preaching for uh, about 14 years, I think, in Huntington Beach, Mm. the most faithful, wonderful open-air preacher. And he's on our sound at the moment. Don't you edit this out, Scotty. I mean, talking about open-air preaching without mentioning you is like talking about the ocean without mentioning water. Scotty is the consummate open-air preacher. Scotty, I do have to honestly say... I'm not doing this to flatter Scotty because I'm his boss anyway. Scotty's probably one of the finest open-air preachers, modern open-air preachers I think I've ever heard. All right. He's amazing, really gifted. Well, he sure did uh, grow in his ability to project from the diaphragm, didn't he? Remember back from the Third Street Promenade days, he'd be a little bit timid. To now, you hear the guy across the street inside of a restaurant three hours away. Yeah. Yet to happen, and it's six but hours. I like to say he, he has voice. a very good, if I may put it this word, bedside manner. His voice, yeah. he sounds like a doctor when he's... And he's um, good with, like we talked about wit in that episode, you know, yeah. and he's so quick and he's good and he, he knows how to command the crowd and consistent, you know, he's so faithful. Faithful. I love it. All right, church, annoying things about church. Ray, I think of all the people I know... <laughs> I'm the most annoying? <laughs> <laughs> that's a given, so uh-huh. I don't need to mention that. But of all the people I know, I think you would be at the top of the list of people who have the most annoying things about church that, that bother them. If I said that correctly, I don't even know what I'm saying. You can't stay still. That's my problem. I really am squirrel. I can't stay still, and to sit still in a church building is kind of difficult for me, and I'll tell you why. Today's church seems to be different from the churches in Bible times. Bible times, they went from house to house and they met, etc. If I meet someone who says, I go to your church, I say to them, would you turn around backwards so I can look at the back of your head? <laughs> oh, yes, you do go to our church. Because that's how we recognize people. We don't look mm. them face to face. We look at the back of people's heads, which is modern church or the gathering of the people. Right. I notice this as a brand new Christian. And so we're in a church where I kind of had some say. So I got all the big long pews and turned them to face each other. Mm. So we could have church. Like a, on a Sunday, like a house church, where you just actually look at people's faces and say, hello, nice to see you, instead of uh, whatever. And it didn't work because the pews were so big, it just, <laughs> there's no room to move them around. Leave it to you to think up something like that. But you know, we've been to Israel, guys, and you know, some of the ancient synagogues, that's kind of how they were set up. You know, it was done in a way where everyone was pretty much facing each other, and it was along the walls, you know, that's where you'd sit and you'd see each other. And yeah, times have changed. For sure. Well, we accept that pew thing all facing the same way. But you know what? I love, I seriously love a good house meeting where you can participate in the ministry of God's word where some guy says, anyone, what do you think of that verse? And you can give a bit and it engages your brain a little bit. So you're not there just sitting listening to someone. Not only that, during a house meeting, someone could come in with some coffee and give it to you while... Mm-hmm. You know, listening to God's word, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Yeah. And I've been in meetings like that. I don't know if you guys have too, but you meet at uh, 7 o'clock, have a time of prayer, time of praise, and then around the word. Then suddenly it's 11 o'clock, everyone's still there, and nobody wants to leave because the atmosphere is mm-hmm. so nice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and, you know, look, the early church obviously was in a unique position. And in one sense, it's a good problem to have that the church has so grown that obviously we can't fit in homes to have entire congregations in different areas. 
And there was a, a point where the home church movement was really starting to gain some ground and it was beginning to happen more and congregations would just, they keep splitting, you know, and it got so big then they would meet in, in a new home with new people. And I've seen churches do that more recently with the life groups, they call them, that's a popular term, where there is the main congregation, but then you have, like our church, we have tons of life groups where people meet together in smaller groups. They have accountability, fellowship, you know, time of talking about the word or going through a book together or something. So I think that's really good. But this discussion is really important because in one of our other episodes, we talked about nomadic preachers. One of our good friends, I think, coined that term, and I like it. Because there are a lot of people that are disconnected from the church. Mm. And I love the saying that says there's no such thing as a churchless Christian. Because we talk about church, we immediately go to the building and the meeting. But we are the church. And as a byproduct of that, we gather together in a place we call church. That makes sense, Oscar? Absolutely. It's funny that we're talking about it because I'm just thinking back of my history and experience with church. And I was thinking right now, I love church. Mm. I love not just church, the people, but the act of the Lord's Day on Sunday. But I didn't always love church. Mm. As a matter of fact, I used to hate church. I used to despise church. One of the only times I ever went to church as a non-believer, I was an atheist. You guys know this story. I was invited because a girl that I was dating at the time, her dad was a retired pastor. And he was preaching at his old church that he retired from. Mm. And I was an atheist. They knew it. She was an atheist at the time, but her parents didn't know it yet. It was kind of one of those things where it was like, well, my dad's going to this church. We need to go to kind of save faith. It would be, it would mean a lot to him. And as a favor, we should go. (coughs) And we went. I despised every single minute of it. Mm. I remember at one point they passed, you know, the offering box along. And in my mind, I'm like, yep, that's what we're here for. Tax-free income. Wow. I remember the worship leader getting up and the music was just so cheesy and I just could not stand it. Mm. And then about two years later, I became a year and a half, two years later, I became a Christian and I started going to church. And at first it was really uncomfortable But for me, it was uncomfortable. I didn't like it because some of the churches that I was going to were what I would categorize as big box churches. Mm. They were trying way too hard to be like the world. And they refused to be God's synagogue, a congregation of God's people there to worship him. So I'd walk in and it was like they had, you know, big music and the Worship leader always came out in the most like flamboyant shirt. He tried to be like the new cool guy and then the preacher would come out. It just felt like you're trying to entertain me. Mm. I'm not here to be entertained though, you know? I can say that I, I care deeply about the way church is done and I love it when a church is faithful to God. And you know what? Just one last thing before I let someone else talk. Churches used to be built back in the day. You know, we're thinking about like in England those big Gothic churches. The reason why the architects did that, because when you walked into a church, they wanted your experience to be transcendent, to be otherly. They wanted you to walk in the church and go, there's something unique about this space, that the layer, the the, the gap between heaven and earth was thin in a church, Mm -hmm. you know? And nowadays, our churches feel anything but that. We make them feel like malls. They're in warehouses, and it's more important to be comfortable. And I'm not saying, like, sometimes we just have to. We meet in basically a warehouse, our particular church. 
But I have a longing. Talk about the annoying things about church. I have a longing for churches that want to be transcendent, that want to pull us away from the world that we live in today and draw us nearer to so God. So let's snip over to your church this weekend and build a steeple, pull let's the roof off, <laughs> surprise Amen. the pastor. Amen. You know, Ray, one of the things that you've said in the past, and I cannot remember it for the life of me right now, but it has to do with, with the pulpit and what's coming from pulpits. To me, one of the most annoying things about the modern church is that we don't hear thunder coming from the pulpits. Mm, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? You talk about the, something about the pulpits and we have... We, yeah, we, whatever we, it was, it was wonderful. <laughs> the one thing that I remember, I'll never forget, was when I stood into a pulpit and I saw those words from the book of Acts, Sir, we would see Jesus. Wow. Across the pulpit. Yeah. The only person that could see that is the preacher. You saw, you're saying you stood behind a pulpit? Yeah, I stood behind a pulpit, wow. and that's what was written on my pulpit as I went to preach, Sir, we would see Jesus, oh, which is a wow. quote from the book of Acts. And I thought, that's what it's all about. But yeah, we need to have thunderings and lightnings from the pulpits and put the fear of God back in the people, and you do that by being faithful to God's Word. Talking about annoying things about church, so let's get, get to it and talk about some of the annoying things at church. I've noticed that sometimes I'm driving to church, and when other drivers are annoying me, before I even get to church, I think, this is not good. Because I know when I get to church, it's going to be too hot, too cold, the preacher will be too long, the music, I don't like the music, people are standing up and they should be sitting down and all this sort of stuff. And so often when annoying things in church, it's us that's the problem and, and not the church, because every church is going to be annoying if we go to church grumpy. What's that old saying? Sometimes I wake up in the morning and... Sometimes I wake up grumpy, grumpy and sometimes I let us sleep. Thank you, I needed that. Yeah, yeah. I want to qualify what we're going to talk about. We're not here to denigrate the church. We're right. here to say there can be some improvements because yeah. I honor pastors. And the reason I honor pastors is because I did three and a half years hard labor as a, an associate pastor years ago, and it gave me empathy for what pastors have to put up with. Hard work. They are preaching to the same people every week. I couldn't stand that because if you say the same joke twice, the whole yeah. congregation says he's going senile. So they know what it's like to be friends with you, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's so difficult. I mean, I think Wesley said, if I had to preach to the same people every week, I'd drive myself and them crazy. Mm. And I've had people come up when I've preached at churches, and one guy in front of his pastor says, oh, you are such a good preacher. What he doesn't realize is I'm using the cream of my sermons. Wow. Your pastor is stuck there every week and has to come up with something fresh every week. So when I get into a pastor's pulpit, I'm in a place of absolute honor, because I know he's given me the car keys to his car, sat in the back with his family, and he's saying, please stay on the right side of the road. It's a tremendous position of trust. So we would never criticize the local church, but there are some things that are really annoying about churches, especially for preachers. And one of them is where a lady comes down the front row with her baby, and she sits in the front row, and you (laughs) know it's going to cry. And she's gone, why didn't she sit down the back? So it's best if you've got a little baby, don't sit in the front row with a little baby. And it might just be me, but I can listen to 10,000 babies giggling, just a massive thundering giggling noises, and I'm not stressed. Mm. One crying baby, and I stress out immediately. And I guess it's because we've had three kids, and we demand fend one of our children, and she kept us away. Whose role is it? To How many daughters do you have? Right? I have yeah. one beautiful daughter. My daughter. We won't talk about no. the, the honey on the pacifier. 
You yeah. don't put honey on and a pencil. And the rotten pot. teeth my, my yeah. wife had when she was older. I don't know what you I was just asking, because we had this recently where there was a crying baby inside the sanctuary, and I felt bad for the senior pastor who ended up addressing it. Yes. From the pulpit, when I'm thinking, where are the deacons, where are the elders, where is somebody to come alongside, I'm thinking, Mark, why don't you just go say something? Mm-hmm. Why don't you joyfully, lovingly come along so that it doesn't have to be a distraction? You mean you pull the baby the off the woman? Just take the baby. <laughs> <laughs> go to the cry room. You know, Ray, I'm so glad you gave that qualifying statement about the church. Yeah. We love the church. This is really what this is about. And Mark and I both pastored. You pastored. Oscar, you're, you're about to be an elder. And, you know, you've co-planted a church. And so we all understand that. And I also wanted to, on that point, say, Ray, I, I love what you talked about being annoyed, right? Always wanting something else. I love this little rhyme I heard years ago. As a rule, man's a fool. When it's hot, he wants it cool. When it's cool, he wants it hot. Always wanting what is not. Mm. I've always loved that. You know, it's just so true. It's you like, made that up? No, no, no. I heard it. Oh. Which means you weren't listening. You heard it that. from behind you? Yeah, right. <laughs> it was over there. But I, I always use that with Kylie. I'll, I'll take her in the car, my youngest daughter, and she'll be like, it's so cold. And I'll turn up the heat, and then five minutes later, it's so hot. You know? Poor kid. So I code it there. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing that really annoys me about some church services. It's when they ask visitors to stand up. We love to give things away. We love to give things away. And that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters podcast. That's right, friends. We're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week goodies from Living Waters, $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and a podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week. I'm shocked that you feel that way. I have to disagree with you. I absolutely well, let him finish. Detest it. I do too. And I, feel I like, disagree. I, do I too. feel like saying to the preacher and the elders, "Do you guys not understand that if you desire people to come back, you know, like I mean, if you did not to come back because they've already done it, they won't ask them to do it again. But if you desire people to invite other people to church, don't do this. Now let's fight, Oscar, because it I'm, looks like we disagree. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let's disagree talk. with you. Well, I think there's a time and a place, and I would say, throughout history, to honor the word of God when it is being read. No, no, you must stand. have misunderstood. I'm saying when guests come to the church. If anyone here's was here with us for the first time this morning, please oh, stand no, up. Oh no, 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 oh, no, no. Okay, oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Wait, wait, what? what do you think he was talking I about? thought you just whenever they ask you to stand in no. general. No, so like how do you not stand for the reading of during, God's word? Our church stands during the whole worship service. Okay, during singing. Because yeah, I mean like to <laughs> yeah, yeah. like you guys yeah, stand so for the we, reading of yeah, God's word. Yeah, it's like the youth leader or someone gets up and says, "Look, why don't you just turn to the person next to you, kiss them on the lips, and say Jesus loves you." I got you. To make sure. The visitor never comes back here again. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I got you. So you're saying, like, no, I'm whoever's saying, here for the first time, could you please yeah. stand and Who, be humiliated? Whoever's here for the first time, please stand. We'd like to no, welcome you. No dice. I mean, it's like, is there no understanding of human nature? No it's way. The last thing someone wants is for I've never even been in a church that does that. To be staring at 
Well, I have. I'm just saying it drives me nuts. Have yeah. you been part of a service where it's time for communion and you're holding the bread? And You've the- just stole my thunder. You've taken it from one of my tapes, Spence. Shame on you. <laughs> and then you That's roll it exactly, into a little ball? No, let yeah. me build up to it. <laughs> Great go. Yeah, yeah. So it's one of my pet peeves. <laughs> but they either say, look, if you've got something against somebody... Before we take communion, just go to them now and ask for his forgiveness. And you open your eyes think there's going to be a big line wanting to talk to me. Or they say, just before we take communion, would you swap bread with the person next to you? And you look down, you've just swap rolled it up. bread? You've rolled it up into a little sweaty ball while you're waiting. Oh, what do you do? Wait, roll it across? Ray, I have a question. Who does that? Is this a New Zealand thing? Mark, Oscar, have you guys ever Why heard Why would of you that? swap bread? And uh, have you ever heard of anyone telling the people to go apologize? <laughs> Excuse me, breaking bread. This is swapping bread, so that sort of thing, I guess. But yeah, it was in one church that I used to, that I went to once. I think. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> and the other thing, seriously, it says examine yourself before you take communion, right. and if you've got anything against anybody else, go to them right now and just apologise. And that's when you expect a big line of people saying, "I really hate you, but I'm sorry." Have you guys ever seen that done here? I have not. Uh, yeah, but now have. you know Sally has something against Heather. <laughs> yes, you have. You I've, yeah, have that's not it? an uncommon thing. During communion, they'll ask you to either abstain from communion until you seek reconciliation. Yeah, yeah. yeah but Ray's talking about like during the service, like going up, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's what they no, do. That's a little yeah. Oh boy, can you imagine that? People go up to the yeah, pastor. Thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> As he's preaching. Uh, so point two was really offensive, sir. And here's another pet peeve, in case we have to wind this down. Is You've heard the song, Father Abraham had many sons. Many, many sons, sons had fun. Uh, Mark and I sang that in India. Our bus driver is named Abraham. I yes, think that's a driver that's, Abraham that's really had many yeah, yeah, writers. That's about yeah, yeah, a four-hour drive. I left my airport. They didn't get my luggage. We had to go back with Father Abraham. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Anyway, it's actually oh. meant for Sunday school and not for grown-ups to be doing little steppies and rubbing it, lifting their arm back and down and doing it far. <laughs> so anyway, I was in Australia years ago, preaching, I think it was in a big tent way up above Brisbane, very hot. And I mentioned a couple of pet peeves. And I also shared with them a little bit of brilliance about why people put one arm over the top of their head. Have you ever seen people do that? So oh, yeah. think, yeah, it's very common. They swing, oh. bend the arm and put it on the top of the head while they're leaning back and <laughs> thinking. So I explained to them why people do that because a guy was doing it in the congregation. I said, it's a half of one of these. <laughs> Will you clasp your fingers and put them on the top of your head? The reason we do that is because it's relaxing because it opens your lungs. It does, you're right. And I said, this swing over, it's nothing to do with evolution. It's just a half of one of these. <laughs> so anyway, we went for a break and I'd moaned about Father Abraham at the same time. When I came back, there were about 400 people with their arms hung over the head, <laughs> singing, Father Abraham had many sons as I stood up to the pulpit. Oh, <laughs> that's that's Australians for you, like canned ham. It was actually very funny. Australians. But anyway, yeah, my peeve is children's Sunday school songs should stay in Sunday school and make us confirm the fact that we're all a pack of crazies. Yeah. Hey, so that actually leads into, I mean, I have a bunch here, but that actually leads into a strong one of mine, and that is a worship song. A worship song is worship. It's to God. It's not wash over me, though there's no, nothing wrong with having that sort of context. But I love the idea of we're about ready to sing to the Lord, small glimpse of me, big glimpse of God. I must decrease. You must increase. And I just want to extol your name through mm-hmm. talking about your character and your attributes, your work, everything that you have done, not about the works that I didn't get to this week, right? So... For me, a pet peeve is when we call worship songs that are not real worship songs, 
we're not worshiping God. We're just singing in unison about yeah. something that we have no idea what we're singing. Yeah. I mean, songs true. like God is not dead. You ever sung that song? God's God not is not dead. dead. He, he is alive. Is. I wanted to stand up and say, I actually know that. <laughs> Thanks I don't need to that. sing about it. No, I, I agree with you, Mark. I love, to me, I love it when we're worshiping the Father. It's like, to me, when songs aren't geared that way, and maybe there's exceptions. I'm sure I'm missing ones that may be legit that are different. But to me, it's almost like praying and talking about God and not to God. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. We're yeah. there to worship That's Him. You mean they're shallow words for many of our modern songs? Yeah. yeah. Well, I would say, I think probably one of the biggest things that I get flustered, frustrated over is a church in which the vast majority of its attendance are there for an experience, yeah. are there to be entertained, Performance. not there to participate. Yeah. Because you made the point earlier that church is not a building, it's not a performance. Church is not you go and watch your pastor and the worship leader do church. Church is that you gather and you participate. Amen. And when you walk into a church where it's focused, where people are so much focused on like, okay, pastor and worship leader, what do you got for me today? And when you're done, I'm out. Yeah. You know, thank you for the hour and a half, and I'm going to go watch football. Like, that's not what God intended for his family to gather together in community to worship him and love one another. Mm. It's meant to be participatory. Do you guys like it when churches say, let's just break for two minutes and greet one another? I do. I don't mind that, that, yeah. Yeah. What about greeters at the front of a church to greet people when they come? Do you like that? Because it's the same person every week. Greeting wait, wait, hold on. Mark, you don't like greeting each other. I don't necessarily like, you know, I, I have a relative who his hands sweat really bad. And so when it comes time to shaking people's hands, my relative always steps out of church because he gets so embarrassed. Oh, wow. What about we change it a little and say, let's just wave at each other. Let's wave. <laughs> well, that's, this is why he got really excited for the fist bump. And I got excited for him as well yeah. because the shaking of the hands is replaced with the fist bumps. And I go, hey, I like that. That sweaty hands is a condition. Yes. It's not just nerves. It's He's actually going to get Botox put inside of his hands really? to get the situation kind of taken And Mark, it, it's acceptable these days. I like it. I enjoy the fist bump. bump, too. Right. Yeah. yeah. What about but, the dab? Are you like the dab? <laughs> hey, guys, when I did research for this, I found something that reminded me you what research? I saw years ago, so I want to share it. Yeah, I, I researched this to see if I could learn anything new, and there was some bitter stuff where mm. people that really hated church, and I thought, that's just horrible. Anyway, I found the typos in church bulletins, oh. which, oh. which is just, so I've got seven of them Top here. List. Please bear with me because I really want to read them. Ushers will eat latecomers. It's supposed to be greet, greet. latecomers. The third verse of blessed assurance will be sung without musical accomplishment. <laughs> Those of you who have children and don't know it, we have nursery downstairs. If you've got children and don't know it, four to go. The pastor spoke briefly much to the light of the audience. Next, <laughs> next Thursday, there'll be tryouts for the choir. They need all the help they can get. Number six, remember in prayer the many who are sick of our church and community. <laughs> and lastly, this being Easter Sunday, we'll ask Mrs. Lewis to come forth and lay an egg on the altar. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Nice. You know, something else that really, really drives me nuts is when the pastor tells people to repeat a word. Oh. Say, I love the Lord, or say, I want cheese. <laughs> I don't know. I want cheese. I don't know why. Or when, I think we may have touched on it a little bit, but 
when you turn to your neighbor and say this to them, yeah. it just feels so fake and contrived. And Let me ask you this, because I've been doing something, thinking back on how do we get people to participate and not just listen. And if you're at a church where they just sit there and they don't, you don't hear an amen, you don't, like, now, there's no I participation. I love amen. Right, and random response. amens, yes. Yeah. But when you're at a church that doesn't do that, what I've been doing lately is I'll read a verse like I was reading like three or four verses because the point that I was making is that God affects the heart. So I read the first three and then the fourth one, the last word in the verse was heart. And I read the first part and then I said, and what is that last verse? And everyone said heart. And yeah. I was like, exactly. Because you different. want a participation. That's totally different. Yeah. It's when they're told, turn to your neighbor, say yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, I just sit there and I'm like, you should, next time someone says, I'm glad you're here, you'd be like, are you just saying that? I feel like this is really <laughs> like you're just Also, oh, it's different than like when the pastor says, amen, <clears throat> and people respond, amen. That's, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But it's when you're told to repeat words and to look at people in the eye, it's like, stop it. Yes. I, I remember once I was preaching at church and I said, and people are going to hell. And I heard somebody like, hallelujah. <laughs> I, I said, bad timing, brother. Well, that's <laughs> another thing, right? Excessive amening. And responding to where it's not fitting. Amenization? There's just way too many amens. <laughs> yeah. But no, where it's kind of like, and I think we've heard that happen in our church. Like, you know, when people are, are on their way to hell, amen! You know, it's, that's not the amen point. Yeah, you yeah, know? you don't, that's not good. No I throw something out there that I don't like. I don't like how so many times congregants are expecting the pastors to do everything, mm. right? So a congregant will have an idea. We need to have a pro-life ministry pastor. Go start that. No. Right? No, you had an idea, run with the idea. Mm -hmm. Right? You have an idea. And we did this over at a church. I didn't like the idea that church would be over and everybody goes out into the community, into different restaurants. They leave very small tips. Mm -hmm. Right? I worked in the restaurant business for nine and a half years and nobody liked working on Sundays because these Christians, these religious people would come in, they would run them all over the place, and then they never left a tip. Oh, but they left a gospel track. They left uh, a little piece of paper. That no, said, was that God very common? You. Was it was common? so common. Oh, that's horrible. It was so well known in the restaurant business that on Sundays, that's utter Christians utter were not evil. good tippers. No, I agree. I think it's a horrible report. So I had the idea, hey, let's start a barbecue here at the church so that people are not going out into the community, though I love people going out into the community. Yeah. <laughs> that saves an apology. For we them. get to, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we get to mingle amongst each other. So this is your greeting. So how was your week? Yeah. You get to know people, get inside their lives. That's true. And let me say, I want to take a step back and say that, I know we've already said this about pastors, but also it is so important for Christians to know and love the universal, but also the local church. Because yeah. the scripture talks about God's church as his bride. Yeah. And so I don't want to, and I want to make sure our listeners are paying attention, I don't want people to misinterpret that we are poking fun at the bride of Christ. Right. Never. We would never do that. What we are talking about are quarks, human quarks that are brought into the tradition of the church that quarks can be quarks. 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 No, we don't. Hispanic accent. Another apology. <laughs> Dear Mr. and Mrs. Quark, do apologize. <laughs> but these are human things that are brought into the church that can become a distraction from what God desires to yeah. do. And it's important that we see ourselves not only as members of the church, but lovers of God's bride, Amen. the church. 
Yeah, and look, friends, a lot of this is opinion. Some of you may be listening to us. Some of you pastors, you do some of the things that we talked about. That's between you and the Lord and your elders and leadership and congregation. We're being real here. That's what we do on this program. We get real, and it's good to be able to open up. Maybe some of you are thinking about this and thinking, oh, I never thought about that. That's good. Maybe if we run into you somewhere, you'll have some ideas for us or thoughts to counter some of the things that that bother us. So let's always be open to listen to dialogue. We grow that way. You know what it's like? It's like every family has these funny stories or funny, that uncle that's just weird and goofy or the grandma that says really weird and awkward things. And at Thanksgiving, it's like not perfect, but you love it. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Like even though grandma's weird and maybe, you know, Uncle Tim is like just acts unusual and whatever, like it's just a hodgepodge thing, but you love your family. Yeah. In the same way, the church is a hodgepodge makeup of people. Mm-hmm. And we love it, and it's beautiful and good. Yeah, and it reminds me of like what Paul says. This is a different context, but he says that God, through the foolishness of preaching, saved those who believe. You know, like, I mean, he's calling preaching foolishness and in light of like what God could do to bring the gospel. And it's like, yeah, we do a lot of things, but God is working in the yeah. church. He's building up his people. We need to love the church and be a part of the church. Let me just throw out one of my last pet peeves, and that is when people are not committed in their churches. When we enter into what I call, or what is called, consumerism Christianity. This is for me. I'll tell you, when I was a younger believer, I was a a part of a church. I was part of the youth group. And I know some of our friends listening going, youth groups, uh, evil. Anyways, I was like 16, newer believer, and I was a hit of the youth group. You know, gangster, crazy past, got radically saved. And I was just like, everybody would talk to me. And well, over time, I became old news and there were newer kids. And so I remember one time I came up to my youth pastor. I said, you know, I said, I think I'm going to be moving on. I said, I don't know, I just don't feel the love here anymore. Mm. And he looks at me and he goes, easy, uh, one day when you become a pastor, because he sensed that call was on my life, he says, one day when you become a pastor and you don't feel the love from your congregation, are you going to leave them too? Mm, that's good. <laughs> and it was like, a ton of bricks hit me, you know. I never forgot that. And after becoming a pastor, we'd have Mark and I co-pastor together at a church, and we'd have people come to the church sometimes, and they would come and they would murmur and grumble about their old church and tell us about how bad it was, thinking we're going to, like, you know, kind of sympathize with them. Right. And I would often look at them and I would say, can I ask you a question? What did you do in order to be a part of the remedy to those problems mm-hmm. in your church? Because the body of Christ is one when one part suffers, we all suffer. It's not something they're just rejoicing and move on because you don't like it. You know, we're members of that local body. Yeah. We need to do everything we can to try to help. Now, there comes a point where there are things that are unbiblical that are happening or things that, that are dangerous that won't change. Of course, we've done all we can, then we, we, we have to move on. But have we done that? Mm. Yeah. You know, that's I think you know we I, need to pray for our pastors while you're saying that. Amen. Yeah. That God gives them grace and wisdom. It can be very discouraging. You can preach the best sermon you've got and you get a whole stack of texts yeah. telling you what you need yeah. to fix up. And totally. Do me a favor real quick. Look to your neighbor right now and just say, I love you, church. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? And I Oscar is no longer <laughs> a part of this podcast. You know, I love that you brought up the idea of consumerism because you're absolutely right. And what we mean by that is that we spend our entire lives being consumers, being shoppers finding things that fit us and serve us perfectly. In some spaces, that's okay. We can be consumers with cars. When you walk into you know, a dealership, you know you need a certain kind of towing capacity. You want it to fit a certain amount of people. Maybe you like leather or maybe you don't like leather. You know whether you want navigation or not. You have demands, you're a consumer. 
and the salesperson is supposed to serve you. They're going to find something that fits you. But that is not the attitude that you bring to the church. You are not a consumer at the church. Right. And no church will ever satisfy every bit of your demand because God did not intend for you to be the center of the church. Amen. He is the center of the church. Yes. He is the head of the church and he means for you to be a participant, a part of his body. You yeah. are not the middle of it. And so therefore you cannot go to church as a consumer. Mm, that's good. All right, let me throw a couple of these out there. I know we're beginning to wind it down. I have 13 things You sound here. like a pastor ending a sermon. <laughs> we're beginning to wind it down. Let me just name a couple of these, right? I don't like how some parents rely upon the Sunday school teacher to equip their kids. Mm. I don't like how we sometimes are relying upon the pastor, the pastor's 45-minute message to take care of and to undo the other six days of what the enemy has put into me. And as I've watched movie after movie, day after day, now you have to undo all of that. I don't like that. We have to remember that the church, it's not a sermonette for a Christianette. This is a pastor who's preaching as a dying man to dying people mm. as if this is his last message that he'll be able to ever give. And we need to be patient with the pastor. As Ray had said, he has a week, and if he's bivocational, working a, a, another job, it's hard to be able to assemble a message together. But if he's properly utilizing scripture, which brings to another thing, I do like a lot of scripture being uh, shared right. so I can test the things if they're being said. I don't like it when churches don't make a big deal out of tithing. I love tithing. I love it as an act of worship. I like it when uh, I've been in a few churches where we're going to have a tithe, our tithe now, and the congregation stands up and applauds. Hmm. Like, this is an act of worship. I love that. Now, our church, we have retiring offering plates in the back, which is completely fine. I just like the idea. That's just for people who've retired? People, only people that retired. Right, you drop your money okay. inside there. Mm. I don't like how certain pastors are not familiar with other pastors in the area. Yeah, we were talking right. about that. We right. have the same goal. Yeah. We're trying to reach our community. Right? If I can't reach out to these people, I believe that you can because they're in your area, yeah. pushing people towards each other's churches. So, I mean, I have a lot here. I won't yeah. get into all of them. I don't like it when they don't have enough maple bars. We used to, before COVID, <laughs> we'd invite pastors to come to lunch at a yeah. ministry, which yeah, we, was, we'd we like just love doing that. We'd like to do that again. Yeah, Mark, and, and that's a really good point. I would the love to bars. see that change among pastors. There are pastors that are literally a mile or two down the road in our own community that I know of that have never talked, mm. never once. There needs to be a degree of maturity to recognize, look, we're going to have differing perspectives on different points of doctrine that obviously aren't essential not talking about going and, and like having fellowship with the Mormon bishop down the street or, or elder or whatever, or the you know, Jehovah's Witnesses and stuff like that. But I'm talking about evangelical churches that hold to the same points of essential doctrine. They should know each other. Right. They should talk once in a while. They should pray together and think, how can we reach the community? I mean, if that really happens in an area... You're going so to start powerful. seeing change in that community. You know, Good so to have breakfast together as pastors. Yeah, yes. exactly. I mean, years ago, Mark, when we pastored, we had that. We had a, a you know, group of pastors that would meet once a month and pray together. It was awesome. Mm. You know? All right. Well, we're wrapping things up. I want to end with a couple of passages of Scripture. The first one is Hebrews 12, 22 to 24. Listen to this as it describes the church. It says, But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, 
to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Oh, Mm. I mean, like that makes me worship and it makes me say, also, this is like divine. These are not human words. This is the spirit of God inspiring man to write something so beautiful and deep. Mm. You know? Yeah, what you're saying, I, I've parked on Hebrews 10 probably for a month and just read it over and over and mm. over. Wow. And after a while, you start seeing things that you haven't seen before. Mm. It's just amazing. Yeah. I do want to throw one more in there. I, I know you want to wrap it up, but oh, no, listen, there is no such thing as your seat. <laughs> right. I, w- I was speaking at a church once and there was a, I was guest speaking. Somebody came and went to hear me speak and they sat in somebody else's seat and they came up to the person and said, that's my seat. I sit there every week. Seriously. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty wicked. Wow. Listen, there is no seat here, right? In Another, the Church of England, they used to buy they seats. Used to, right. They used yeah, to have they, seats and you buy them. And, yeah. Wow. I was in church when I was in eighth grade and I was singing and the guy in front of me turned around and said, Mark, don't sing. <laughs> now, not, His pet peeve was your singing. That's what it was. I think everybody should sing. I don't think everybody should be given a microphone. But I do think that people should have that liberty and that freedom to be able to sing to the Lord with the voice that God has given them Amen. and not be afraid it's my favorite to be able thing, to do my that. My mom's favorite thing about church is the only place she's allowed to sing. I love how Scripture does speak of skilled musicians. Skilled. Yeah. So the people up the front should have a, yeah. a, a skill. Yeah. Including the preacher, right? Yes. Some preachers should be forced to listen to their own teachings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to torment them, huh? Yeah, no, that's really good, Mark. You know, and a church, man, a church that's full of love, mm. you yeah. know, where that's another pet peeve is where people come into a church and they leave and no one ever greeted them, yeah. no one ever welcomed them. We're we, in our we, own club, our own right. clique. Yep. There's yeah. no room for anybody else. Yeah. Us four, no more. We all hate uh, you people know, that aren't loving. Now, you know, when you walk into a church and there's no non-believers or new believers, Mm -hmm. because there are certain churches that are (laughs) theologically correct and the pastor preaches in a spiritually mature way, but you rarely have either new or non-believers regularly attending a church. Mm -hmm. And we just, from the scriptures, we don't see that to be how the church is meant to be. Oh, you sparked off one other peeve, and I know you're going to identify how easy it is. It's the preachers that say, duh. After everything they oh, duh. please. Yeah. Can you give an example? And you need to go to church, and you need to learn to read your Bible, and you need to go and tell people they need cheese. <laughs> I don't know where cheese keeps coming from. Today. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, why, just talk properly. Conversational. Yeah. Why do they do that? I don't it know. just. <gasps> Look, we have enough of a problem, you know, being weird and aliens in the culture. You're going to add that to it? Yes. Like, and think any rational human being is going to listen to that and be like, uh, that's normal. <laughs> that's that's normal. normal. All right. You go home and say, pass me the salt, sweetheart. <laughs> right? Like, who has that? Who talks like that? Uh, let me read one last passage. This is a really good one about the church. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, 
but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Mm. Oh, I was going to say, how's anyone listening easy? Those two were looking at their computers. Yeah, but I, I was saw just you e- distracting them, Ray. Nice try. <laughs> but guys, again, God breathed. Yes. You read that? This is not the byproduct of some stupid man's mind. And I love the imagery there, growing together, edified, knit together, each part doing as a chair, causing growth of the body. Oh, Easy, did you ever read the Bible before you were a Christian? I had a children's Bible. A relative did you give it back? <laughs> no, I, I stole it, Ray. Those kids yeah. don't need it. I remember I, I read scripture before I was a Christian. It was dead later. It yeah, I, exactly. Dead yeah, and I just couldn't even. That'd be a good podcast. Save it. Well, yes. you remember, right, my story of saying I'll never learn how to read a Bible when they said to turn some reference in a church. And I'm like, what? How do you do that? Yeah. And lo and behold, the national spokesman for the National Bible Bee Competition. It's crazy what God does. And, you know, anyway. Well, guys, you know, let's wrap it up like this. My church and Mark's church is called Kindred Community Church. If you live in the Orange County area, it's in Anaheim Hills, kindredchurch.org. Oscar. Yeah, a good friend of mine, my pastor, and I planted a church in Rancho Santa Margarita in Orange County called King's Cross Church. KX.church is our website. If you're in the area, we'd love to annoy you. What area is that in? Rancho Santa Margarita. Okay. And Ray? Yeah, I go to Crosspoint Church in Huntington Beach, and Pastor Bruce is on our board. Bruce Garner. Bruce Garner. I think he's the best preacher I've ever heard. Crosspointhp.org. Yeah, fabulous. And people can listen to him on Twitter. Every every Sunday I send a, a tweet out. A silly thing, tweet. Sunday? Yeah, tweet. On Sunday he's saying, if you've got no church, you're out of the day, you might like listen to this yeah. preacher. If you go to... Um, I think Grace Church or the Master's College, I know they have a list of healthy churches, Master's graduates that are sound and biblical. I think Nine Marks Marks also also has a list of of good sound churches. So look, find a healthy church if you're not in one. Try to make it healthy if you can first, like we said. And if it's not and you've tried your best, find a healthy church that teaches God's Word where Christ is central. It's a gospel-centric, Christocentric church and a church that uh, loves God loves people and proclaims the gospel, a church that is concerned about the lost. We want to help you on your journey to grow in Christ as well. That's how we have the Evidence Bible. Make sure to check it out at livingwaters.com. We have a whole bunch of things there. But the Evidence Bible is a Bible that Ray compiled years and years ago, and it is chock full of anecdotes and quotes and questions and answers to the Christian faith. A lot of stuff. Why don't you open that one and read it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Look at that. Oh, that's the blank Done. one. I fell What's for your it. language? I yes. fell for it. All right, friends. Thank you for joining us. Livingwaters.com, livingwaters.com, livingwaters.com. Thanks for bearing with my weak voice. I'm coughing. I'm getting over COVID. Oh, I'm over COVID. Yeah. But I had it. Speak it. Positive. <laughs> <laughs> Say easy. I'm over COVID. I'm over COVID. All right, friends. This was uh, duh. on Hope COVID, You're Blessed. COVID. Duh. Huh. Huh. Stop. Can we end this? See you next time. <laughs> Five minutes Please ago. end it. Yeah. <laughs> Cut it off, Scotty.
Winners, winners, winners. That's you, friends. Those of you who I'm about to announce are the winners of this week's podcast giveaway on the Living Waters podcast. We've got Carlos from Lamont, California, Daniel from Jamestown, North Carolina, Ed Washburn from Tennessee, David Norwood from North Carolina, Doug Campobello from South Carolina, Ali from Falls Church, Virginia, Adrian from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Joshua from Excelsior Springs, Missouri, Eva from Bow Island, Canada, and Penelope from Bardwell Park, Australia. Shout out to the Aussies and the Canadians out there. Friends, you can get this too. Those of you who are listening, just share the word and sign up for the Living Waters podcast.